This Week at Church, Media Director Jonathan McKinley continues the Summer of Faith series. Our why is set to long-term goals. Scratch that. If it's set to eternal goals, then we're going to finish well. So when we feel like giving... You can join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on 426 Laurelwood Road in Pottstown. That's right by the Coventry Mall. Also, if this ministry has touched you in any way, please send us an email at info at c3pottstown.com. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Oh, hi, it's on. Testing, one, two, can you hear me? All right. All right, if we could find a place, we'll go ahead and get started today. As many of you can tell, I'm not Pastor Robin. Um, although we look oddly similar. I don't know how that happens. But um, now Pastor Robin and Cindy are in California. They're at our general council of the Assemblies of God there. Uh, so the same place that the teenies are at, uh, but for different reasons. So let's keep them all in our prayers as they travel back and forth. Um, yes. All right, so this morning I kind of want to talk about uh, we're going to continue our Summer of Faith series. Uh, so Pastor has been uh, showing us how we can improve our faith, how we can strengthen our faith, um, and how everything relies on our relationship with Jesus to do so. So I want to continue with that. We're going to be in Hebrews 12, chapter 12, verse 1. So if you want to uh, thumb that up, you can. If not, it'll be on the boards. If not, you can also go to c3outlet.com. You'll have all the notes on there as well. So the first thing I want to say, I want to ask three critical questions. Uh, so the first question is, what have you uh, felt like giving up on? Is it possibly your dreams or your goals or maybe even your marriage? Uh, do you feel like giving up on God? Or do you just feel like giving up in period? And then the second question is, what have you left undone? Have you left maybe a commitment that you haven't followed through with, or a project, uh, maybe a vow, or a promise to somebody, or a pledge. And then what's holding you back? What's distracting you from doing these things? Is it possibly a bad relationship that you're in? Or do you have fear or worry about what could happen if you pursue this? Or maybe your job, or your possessions, or maybe you just have misplaced morals and values. You know, these are critical questions, especially when we look into Hebrews. Like I said, so Hebrews chapter 12, the writer tells us, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let's pray real quick. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for the opportunity for us to gather together and worship you freely, God. I pray that as we go through this text today and the words that you have given us through your, your word, the Bible, and the words that you have given me, I pray that we will all hear with open ears and that we will see with open eyes uh, what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we can tell from this text that the Bible describes life like a race. And this isn't a hundred yard dash, mind you, this is a marathon that we're in. And while everyone is running this race, not everyone's gonna finish well. You know, most people 
unfortunately, are going to get discouraged. They'll get hurt. They're going to just give up. And, you know, eventually they'll find themselves sitting on the sidelines with their dreams unrealized and giving up on their God-given potential. They leave a lot of things unfinished. And through that, you know, they start out well. They have good intentions. But soon they get tired. They get bored. They get distracted. And then they never finish. And life just feels unfulfilled. You know, by the time that they have finished their race, they've strewn the rubble of uncompleted projects, unfulfilled commitments, broken dreams, unrealized promises, just in the path of their lives. Their course, their race, it's all incomplete. And you know, the Apostle Paul, he talks to us in 1 Timothy about if we want to finish this race and get to the, to the end prize, if we want to get to heaven, then we kind of have to run according to the rules. You know, but people still, they live their life and they say, life happens. And you know what? There are situations in our life that we can't control. Life does happen. We're not in control. But it's also true that life is what we make of it. It's our choice. And our character is not determined in how well we start the race but our character is determined in how well we finish the race. And you know, this is why Paul tells us in 2 Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. You know, today we're going to be talking about how we can finish this race well, even if we feel like giving up. We'll be looking at four things that everyone needs to do if they want to finish uh, strong and hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. And you know, these four things aren't the only things to do. I'm not saying that this is a, a cut and dry magic bullet, but this will get us on the right track. So the first thing that we should all start to do is remove the hindrances. We need to remove those things that drag us down and that hold us back from being everything God has called us to be. In Hebrews, uh, in our verse, uh, so 12.1b, it says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Now this is not a gentle removal, not by any means. The word here, to remove, means to violently take off, to throw it away. So we just got back from a vacation I was with uh, my wife, my daughter, and then my in-laws. They're here as well. And we were at Ocean City, Maryland. Now, we didn't see a lot of water skiing, but there's parasailing and all that fun stuff that nobody's up to doing except me and my mother-in-law. And uh, we still didn't do it, but you know. So, but imagine you were on the water and you're water skiing. And imagine you're water skiing in a snowsuit. And then imagine you fall in the water. You would be ripping that off so you don't fall to the bottom of the water, to the ocean or the lake or wherever you're at, because it's going to weigh you down. So it's the same thing with life. You know, God has created each of us uniquely, if you haven't noticed. And with each unique person, there's a unique race to be run as well. But the problem is there's expectations that people put on you because they want you to run their race. And that is a hindrance to us. 
that will actually distract us because we can only live the life God has given us. We can only run the race God has put us in. And see, if we live by any other expectations than God's expectations for us, then we're not going to be living God's best. There's no way. The writer of Hebrews continues to tell us that if we want to finish well, we're going to have to simplify. You know, we need to get rid of baggage, uh, remove the diversions from our lives, eliminate distractions, and whatever else that weighs us down and prevents us from running the race God has intended us. One of the main distractions that we can actually have is our stuff, our possessions, our worldly treasures that we think. And you know, Jim Henson, the creator of the Muppets, he, he wrote a movie and, and um, it, it, wow, I can't talk, excuse me. He wrote a movie and it did very well and it's called Labyrinth. And there's one scene in Labyrinth where this girl, she, um, her brother was stolen and she's just trying to find him and she's talking to this, ends up talking to this little old Muppet lady. And uh, is that politically correct? Can I say that? <laughs> little old Muppet lady? We'll get an email if it's not. Um, so in one of these scenes, she's talking to this little old Muppet lady uh, who keeps piling her possessions on her back. So what happens is she's talking to this little old lady and she's in this, the, the trash pile, the rubble that you see there. And what happens is they open a door and it's her bedroom. It's the, the, girl's, the teenage girl's bedroom. So she goes into the bedroom and then she starts seeing all of her stuff, all the stuff that she loves. And this little old lady starts piling her possessions onto her. And she starts giving her everything and distracting her from her ultimate goal of trying to find her baby brother. So the more stuff, uh, the more that she became weighed down with all the stuff, she began to forget her mission and purpose. And you know, this happens to all of us. We start to worry about keeping and holding on to all the stuff. And in the process of that, we lose our way. We become so distracted by stuff that we soon find ourselves out of the game and onto the sidelines of life. You know, there's another big hindrance uh, that far surpasses our stuff, and that's our past. Our past is, is something that can really weigh us down, and that's because we're loaded with guilt and shame over what we've done or the resentment and bitterness over what others have done to us. You know, let's go back to the Apostle Paul. Let's consider him for a minute. He had a past that could have haunted him, dragging him down and crippling him in the process. Without mercy, he persecuted the church. And after he became a believer, the church shunned him. They wanted nothing to do with him. Paul could have either focused on that guilt and shame from what he had done, or he could have become resentful to the early church because they wouldn't accept him anyway. But instead, let's look at what he said in Philippians 3.13. He said, One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, a while back we did a series uh, on the History Channel show AD, The Bible Continues. And Pastor went through a whole series with that. And I actually kind of like... In fact, I love the scene after Paul, then Saul, was on the road to Damascus and he met Jesus and he was transformed and became a Christ follower. The scene when he comes back into Jerusalem and he's walking with Peter and they're going to the upper room and Peter says, uh, maybe I should go ahead 
first. And just let me talk to the others. And he said it with a hesitation in his voice, like, this isn't going to be good. And Paul's reply, scripted or not, I love it. He goes, what's there to talk about? We're all brothers in Christ now. He knew what he did, but he's leaving the past in the past. So Paul is saying that he wasn't going to let the things of his past drag him down. He had a race to run, and he's not going to focus on what lays behind, but rather what's up ahead, what's at the finish line. And then also, if we look back uh, into the Bible further than that, I guess prior to that, Isaiah 43, you know, God's saying the same thing years before Paul even came to Christ, years before Paul was even born. Isaiah says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Like I said before, God has a special race for each one of us to run. And he has something special for each one of us to do. Therefore, he wants us to stop dwelling on the past. We can never look at the finish line while we're looking behind us. So the first thing we need to do is get rid of all of our hindrances. And the second thing to move forward is we have to remember the reward. We cannot run the race well without having an eye on the finish line. You know, if we're going to finish well, then we'll have to be continually reminding ourselves what's at the finish line and why we're doing what we're doing. You see, the why is so important. You know, if our why is for instant gratification, and our why is for just the next high, the next step, anything in life short term, we're not going to make it. We're not going to last in life. But if our why is set to long-term goals, scratch that. If it's set to eternal goals, then we're going to finish well. So when we feel like giving up, let's focus on the finish. Look at how Paul say, uh, sees it. He says in 1 Corinthians, to win the contest, you must deny yourselves many things that would keep you from doing your best. We do it for a heavenly reward that never disappears. So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step, a heavenly reward, personally rewarded by God. So there are some people who they still wonder, you know, if a heavenly reward actually does await us. And a lot of people, including myself, and you've probably said it too, you say, well, I'm no saint. But the problem is, we're fixated on the idea of God's rewards based upon which side of God's scale of judgment that you're sitting on. So you have all the good things on one side, and then all the not so good things on the other side. And we hope that in the end, the good outweighs the bad. But fortunately, God doesn't work like that. He doesn't reward us based on such a scale. Instead, he rewards us based on grace. His grace. All the sins we've committed, God forgives based on his grace through faith in Jesus Christ. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, isn't that what the Bible says? Grace means that every good thing we do by faith, every word we speak by faith, and every thought we think by faith, God rewards. The idea of eternal rewards, however, is foreign to most because things get difficult. And we sit in front of the TV, or we get on the internet, or we get on our phones, and we look forward to the weekend, or we count the days to our next vacation. 
But you know, no weekend, no vacation is ever going to be long enough or good enough. That's why we need to remember that we have an eternity in heaven waiting. So the next thing we should do is resist discouragement. Discouragement comes way too easy when we think about everything that we have going on in life. When we think about our health, our finances, our marriage, our children, even our jobs, everything will weigh us down and can start to discourage us. And while discouragement is a reality of life, it's also a choice we make. The Bible says that a person thinks deep within their hearts about themselves, and that's what they eventually become. Discouragement is the opposite of faith as well, because it looks at problems through human understanding instead of looking at our problems through the eyes of Jesus, through the eyes of faith. And look at how the Apostle Paul approached discouragement. In Galatians 6, verse 9, he said, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You know, one reason we get tired of doing what is right is because it's so easy to do what's wrong. And sometimes it's even more fun to do what's wrong. It's easier to tell a lie than it is to tell the truth. It's easier to be selfish than unselfish. Why should we resist this urge and not get tired of doing what's right? You know, if you look back in that verse, it's found right in the phrase, in due season. In other words, after a while, we will reap a harvest if we don't quit and we are sowing and if we don't quit sowing do, um, excuse me, if we don't quit sowing due to discouragement. Think of it like a newly planted seed of corn. I've got lots of cornfields around here. If you take one kernel of corn and you plant that, do you get one kernel back? No, you get a lot back. You get multiple kernels back and that is God's economy. And while we may not see immediate results, the results are coming if we're faithful. But that also begs the question, why does God delay? You know, the reason is because he's letting our faith grow and mature. If you took that same kernel of corn and you put that in the ground and you waited a week and then dug it up, what would be there? Maybe a little scrap, maybe. We want instant gratification in this life, especially with our iPads and our smartphones and our laptops and whatever we have, we can get whatever we want like that. But God tells us we have to believe, we have to have faith, we need to wait. He will answer our questions, he will answer our prayers, but not exactly when we want it. And that's very tough. And that's when discouragement kicks in, but we have to remember the reward for that. So it's like when we decide to follow God's principles of good stewardship and start tithing according to the word of God. But what happens is we don't immediately uh, see results or we don't see results that we're hoping for. But by faith, when we wait, God will open up the windows of heaven upon us. Malachi tells us that. Anything that's worth doing is worth the time and investment that we put into it. You know, the, the great statue of David that Michelangelo carved out, uh, he didn't take the chisel and go, done. It took three years of slowly taking off bits and pieces, bits and pieces, until it was finally done. You know, when I was in master's commission, there was a kind of, there was a running joke from the leadership to the parents that they said, it took you 18 years to screw them up and we're not gonna fix them in nine months. Which is true, but the process is started through that. 
So the key to defeating discouragement is to change our focus off of the world and ourselves and focus on God and his goodness, presence, and his promises. And then the fourth thing that we need to do is we need to renew ourselves daily. We have to find those ways to recharge our physical and spiritual uh, batteries every day. We have to learn the art of midlife refueling. So physical renewal. How can we do that? You know, the Bible tells us in Psalms 127, it's vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. And I can tell you, well, I can't tell you because I'm always asleep, but Mandy can tell you that when it's time to go to bed, she'll lay there for a little bit and she has to get settled and then she'll finally get, and she was already tired, but she'll finally get to a place where she can fall asleep. And I say goodnight, <clears throat> no matter what. So, and also, Mike, you'll enjoy this one, Vince Lombardi, he was the famous coach of the Green Bay Packers. He even said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. So if we don't recharge ourselves physically, then there's no way for us to continue well in life. But physical renewal is good, but the most important thing is our spiritual renewal. In 1 Corinthians 4.16, the scripture says, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. See, the way we become spiritually renewed is by daily taking time with God through scripture reading and with prayer. Jesus never gave up, even though he knew the cross lay before him. He knew the reasons for the cross. He asked for those reasons to be taken from him. But he also said, not my will, but yours. See, he knew the rewards of his death for us. And therefore, he became obedient unto death. You know, for us, it's never too late. God's not finished with any of us. And you know, there's a race to be run, run still. No matter what you're going through in life, there's a race that you're running. And it doesn't matter when you start the race. You could go through your whole life without knowing Christ. And in the last month of your life, discover Christ or accept Christ. And that race can begin then. And it all depends on how you finish is what will happen. We have to finish well. The only thing that matters is finishing well. We may have tripped and fallen if you've been running this race for a while. We may have put ourselves on the sidelines of discouragement, but neither of these matter. It's all about right now. You can make a decision right now, and that decision can change everything. If you make the decision to get started running your race well and get back into that race, that's what matters. You know, my desire for my life, my family's life, everybody that, that I'm associated with, my desire is at the end of this life, we can say, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And when we stand before our Heavenly Father, we will hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy I have prepared for you. But where are you today? What hindrances do you need to kick to the curb? 
What prizes are you looking for? Are you looking for instant gratification? Or are you looking for re eternal reward in Christ? What has you discouraged? Do you need renewal today? You know, the other day my friend posted on Facebook and he ended it with hashtag love is the opposite of fear. To which I replied, there is no such thing as fear. There's only an absence of fear. This is what we've been learning this summer. Faith is what's driving us forward. Faith is what keeps us centered. Faith is what focuses our eyes on Christ. And through faith, we can, with Christ, overcome anything the world throws at us. Don't live in an absence of faith. Let's stand together.